Always already, uh, there's a couple moments of prayer, but we'll take one more. <laughs> Lord, we ask that you would uh, guide and direct our thoughts now, and we thank you for the message that you've given to us. Thank you for the words that have been recorded, and help us to understand and apply them. And uh, we pray that, that you would lead and direct us. Um, in Jesus' name we ask. I uh, titled this talk, Faithful Service, and hopefully we'll bring these thoughts together in some fashion. Here's a picture of our house where Vicky and I live. It was taken just a few months ago. Uh, I think I'm just get an angle of how much snow was on there. We've lived in that house for about 30 years now. I think 30 is just coming up to 30 years now. There have been a number of changes, a few additions, renovations, etc. Jim has been at work sometimes in the house, and, and he knows it pretty well. Um, anyway, that's that's been it. Uh, but there's there's a piece of the, the, the mechanical part of the house that hasn't changed in in all those 30 years, and it's it's the least visible of all the mechanisms of the house. It's uh, it has the the lowest place in the house, it's, it's in the darkest, coldest, dampest spot in the house. And, um, it, it, but it's never let us down, even with all that mistreatment. Anybody guess what, was, what I'm thinking about? Furnace. Furnace has been changed once in our house. The main water shut off is, is near, but it's, it's lower than the main water shut off. The hot water tank leaked and, and, and it's and gone. <laughs> that sump pump. <laughs> I knew you'd get it. So there's our sump pump. <laughs> and you see it up there. It's pretty dark. It's water pumping away there. That was yesterday. All that snow that was on the roof, now where do you think it is? It's all in the ground around the house, right? It's all got to go somewhere. But thankfully, that sump pump has just been chucking, churning away there for 30 years. and. All the men that I do is look at, talk at it, and see it's still there, you know. But someday, maybe, <laughs> someday it'll be a rude awakening or some surprise. But you know, pretty good. Jim, how long can a keep going? Twenty-nine years. Twenty-nine. <laughs> I'll check the warranty and probably run out. <laughs> well. Anyway, all those other things I've mentioned, they, they all got changed. They've all sort of had their moments of failure. But this thing keeps going. And that, I just thought it was an example of faithfulness. And, and then to me, that was, that's sort of the topic that we're going to talk about this morning is faithfulness. Hopefully in a little different light than a thumb pump. But, but uh, that was my, my thought. So our parables today, uh, we're going to look at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. If you want to get there. There, we're looking at two. There's one about the fig tree, and then there's one about uh, two types of servants, faithful and wise, and, uh, and wicked and foolish. And there's a bit of verses in between there, and, and I have to trouble my mind. I always like to try and connect things, but it's really, I may be stretching it a bit today. But anyway, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, so these just have to just they come in the chapters of Matthew, which is often called the Olivet Discourse, because Matthew says that Jesus took his disciples up to the Mount of Olives, and he, they asked him questions, and he answered them, and gave them some of this talk there. And, um, and people have, 
a number of different views as to what Jesus was was teaching us in the in these talks about Matthew is recorded. And a, a lot of people are, are looking at it from a prophetic uh, perspective, and uh, there's all these details given in that those chapters. And I'm going to say that I'm just going to leave that for your own personal studies and your own uh, individual discussions or your study groups, uh, wherever you want to bring that up. But I'm not going to tackle that from from this position right here. So I'm just going to be looking more at what these parables. What I think they, the, the lessons they have for us on May the 19th, 2019. It's interesting that, uh, that Luke presents these parables in two different places in his gospel. One, the fig tree he presents in a similar setting, but the other one, the wise and uh, uh, servants and, and the wicked servants, he puts in chapter 12. And if you want to hear the real message on that, you go back to Steve and saw with message of December the 9th, and, and Steve there talks about it in Luke's gospel. So you can hear what Steve had to say about the same parable, but it put, Luke puts it in a different content, context. And I'll, I'll leave you to discuss and think about why it's in two different places in the gospel. Interesting thoughts as well, but I'm not going to go there either. So what, what could Jesus' disciples have learned for themselves that day when he was talking about this? And how do they speak to me and how do they speak to us today is the focus of what I'm going to be talking about. The main idea I would like to examine is that uh, that's our, our faithfulness. And this is another, our, my thumb pump was another one. Here's another waterworks that's called faithful. And it's old faithful. There's this, this show a bit of what's going on there. And all faithful faithful because it's what? Predictable, right? It's dependable. It's, uh, it's always, within a few minutes, uh, erupts at the geyser. So it's, a, it's an interesting place to visit. I don't know if many of you have been able to be there, but if you ever get a chance, a couple years ago we went there, and it was really interesting to see that geyser and a lot of the others as well. But it's, it's sort of dependable. That's why it's called old faithful. And faithfulness means that dependability, that worthiness of trust. Uh, also, it has the idea of the dedication and commitment. I don't think old faithful, and, and my thumb pump's certainly not terribly dedicated and committed. I don't think it knows what it's doing. But, but it's dependable so far, so that's where it comes in. But can Jesus depend on us as his servants? Can he trust us with his mission, his, what he wants us to accomplish, what he wants to accomplish in the world. You know, how we live our lives shows our priorities. Right? So what we put our time into, what we spend our effort, those are our priorities in life. And you may think you have other priorities, but when you look at your life in honesty, then you have to say, well, yeah, really, I, I, this is where I line up with my priorities. Would people be able to tell that Jesus and his work was a priority in our lives? Would they, if they sort of look back, can you tell that if you examine your lives? Can you see? Would we be seen as dependable and trustworthy servants of Jesus? Let's read the uh, passages, and I've included the verses in between the two parables, just to, so we don't just jump too much out of context, but 
This is just jumping into Matthew 24, and we're starting at verse 32. Um, I'm reading from uh, Peterson's translation of the message. Take a lesson from the fig tree. From the moment you notice its bud's form, the merest hint of green, you know summer's just around the corner. So it is with you. When you see all these things, you'll know that he's at the door. Don't take this lightly. I'm not just saying this for some future generation, but for all of you. This age continues until all these things take place. Sky and earth will wear out. My words won't wear out. But the exact day and hour, no one knows that. Not even heaven's angel, nor even the sun. Only the Father knows. The arrival of the Son of Man will take place in times like Noah, before the great flood. Everyone was carrying on as usual, having a good time right up until the day Noah boarded the ark. They knew nothing until the flood hit and swept everything away. The Son of Man's arrival will be like that. Two men will be working in the field. One will be taken, one left behind. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one left behind. So stay awake alert. You have no idea what day your master will show up, but you do know this. You know that if the homeowner had known what time of night the burglar would arrive, he would have been there with his dogs to prevent the breaking. Be vigilant, just like that. You have no idea when the Son of Man is going to show up. Who here qualifies for the job of overseeing the kitchen? person the master can depend on to feed the workers on time each day. Someone the master can drop in on unannounced and always find him doing his job. A God-blessed man or woman, I tell you. It won't be long before the master will put this person in charge of the whole operation. But if that person only looks out for himself, and the minute the master is away, does what he pleases, abusing the help, throwing throwing junk and parties for his friends, the master's going to show up when he least expects it and make a hash of him. He'll end up in the dump with the hypocrites, out in the cold, shivering, teeth chattering. I've uh, thought of three sort of points that I want to make about these parables and tie, try and tie them together. And they relate to our service declares our devotion to Jesus. Our faithful service declares our devotion to Jesus. The first parable I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, this fig tree parable, and I'm thinking, thinking that it shows that the faithful servant declares their devotion to Jesus by their devotion to watching, or as Peterson says, being alert. We we should be living our lives in the expectation of Jesus' presence in our lives. In this parable of the fig tree, Jesus is using an illustration from nature. And just as seasons can be predicted by watching natural changes, we can, uh, we can predict events to come. The fig tree happens to be the last one in that part of the world, last of the trees, to, to produce leaves. 
so it's waiting and waiting and waiting until summer is really here before it starts. You know, like it's not jumping in early like some of the some of these other things like crocuses. Can you believe the crocuses were blooming when there was still snow all over the ground? That's that's crazy. But so the fig tree waits waits until it's really summer. So just before summer comes, the leaves start to bud on the fig tree. So you know that summer's here when you see the fig tree uh, budding. That's what Jesus says, and and that's a, a fairly straightforward lesson, it seems, that we can see and predict upcoming events by keeping an eye on what's unfolding around us. And so God's activities can be discerned by what, by those who are watching and those who are being alert. And that's part of what Jesus is teaching us with that big tree illustration. I, I remember in uh, in the end of Jesus' ministry, just a few days after this, actually talking, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, which was just down from where he was talking, and he told his disciples to keep watch, or keep alert, and uh, be vigilant, keep keep uh, watch, and uh, and pray. But of course, like us, probably they fell asleep and they didn't do that. But the the word means to be alert, that word to watch, to be uh, alert, <coughs> be uh, aware. It also can mean in the, in the Greek language to be alive. And it's sort of like, in a sense, we're to watch, we're to, to maintain life. Hence, we should remain fully alive, be really alive, be devoted to Christ, to our life in Christ. So, to get from that, that we're not living in a mechanical existence like my cell phone is working away down there, but rather we're an expression of, of a living relationship to Jesus, and we are faithfully serving because of his presence in our lives and our future expectation of meeting him face to face. So we're in a relationship with him. We're alive in him. We need to keep watching and keep being alert and alive. So these these big trees, leaves are budding, and I may be stretching it a bit, but as I see that happening in this parable, I'm thinking about the, the changes that are going on because of Jesus' presence and his coming presence in our lives, and what we see as changes, what, what's growing in us, what's happening in our lives. Are, are we seeing signs that Jesus is at work, at work in our lives? Do we feel awake? Do we feel alive? Or are we asleep like the disciples? Or are we just dead like my son? But just going through the motions, right? But uh, is there something actually active happening? He's at work in our lives. Are we aware of it? Are we aware of the work that's going on in the world around us? Jesus said he's building his church. His kingdom is advancing. Do we see that happening? Can we see signs of that going on? Are we alert? Are we watching to see where Jesus is at work in the world around us? He promises that he will be with us always. When he's in the last verses of this book of Matthew, he says that he's going to be with us always. Are we experiencing that presence in our lives as we look forward to a yet a greater experience of him? I think of the parable of the, of the fig tree as a reminder to look for these, these signs. This starts in my own life. Am I awake and alert to his presence? Or do, I, do I make time for him? Do I speak to him? Do I pray? Are my prayers just uh, sort of a mechanical 
something. <laughs> Do I really have a relationship, a living, breathing relationship with this Jesus? Am I alive in him? Is there evidence of that new life and that fruit that should be budding? And then am I aware of Jesus in the world around me? Do I experience that coming kingdom? Am I alert to the possibilities of that work advancing where, where I too could be a part of that work? Do I see his presence in experiences day to day in the, in the news events we read about, in the uh, troubles our neighbors are going through, in our own lives, our own joys, our own sorrows? Is Jesus present in all of those things? Do you see it there? Are you aware of him? Are you watching for that? So this awareness of Jesus' presence is part of being a faithful servant. Eve's favorite author was C.S. Lewis, he told us this morning. And uh, I'm sure he's written Narnia Tales. <laughs> this is one of Lewis's uh, books that I, allegorical, it's a great story. But remember in that story, if you haven't read it, I give away a few spoilers here, but the, uh, I'm sure most of you have read it. When, when the Aslan, the lion, the figure of Christ, uh, returns to Narnia, things start to change, right? And as, as the, the evil witch has been holding it winter all along, winter forever, but no Christmas even. And then when Aslan comes, Christmas comes, and then the thaw starts, and everything starts to bloom and bud and things like that. Aslan's presence makes a difference in the world. Do we see that same sort of thawing in our hearts and our lives in the world around us? So uh, it's just a bit of a illustration for Eve there to <laughs> think about C.S. Lewis and his, his picture of, of Christ's presence coming into the world and the changes that take place because of that. Okay, so the next uh, par- parable is about the faithful servant and they uh, are the one that is faith- described as faithful and wise in their in their service for the Lord, service for the Master. They're the ones that are doing what they do, whether or not they know Jesus is coming in or, or not there or, or in the background, they are doing what they do for, for the Master, regardless of what that uh, means in their lives. So they're faithfully serving, and they're serving like they expect him to walk in, but if he doesn't, they still faithfully serve, and they're serving out of their devotion to him. They're carrying out the wishes of the master, motivated by their love and the desire for his purposes to be fulfilled. I put this picture up here. Um, you can see some kids in the foreground and a teacher, and then there's a man in the corner, sort of out of the way. That's Mr. Dira. He lives in Bunia, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. He's responsible for starting this school, which is a school for deaf children in Bunya. Now, deaf children in that part of Africa are seen more as a liability than anything, a, a real drag to the family. They're, they're kind of lower than worthless, uh, and you know, like, they have no status at all. But this man somehow got a heart for these children. He went away and was trained in teaching of deaf students learned deaf language, learned how to teach deaf language. Came back and started the school in Bunya. 
arrange for places to, to hold the school, invite the students in, got overwhelmed, hired more teachers, built bigger schools, got more funding. I think now maybe 400 students, that's sort of something like that. And in, it's amazing. Uh, there's there's deaf kids coming from all around the countryside to his school. And he does it all for what we would say is nothing. Really, he doesn't take much. On this, this school struggles financially. They have uh, had troubles with their neighbors trying to encroach on the land that they have for the students. They uh, had trouble with people stealing things from the school. They lost all their solar panels one night because of theft. Uh, you know, and the solar panels were used to, to run the few computers that they have to help with the teaching of the students. But they carry on. And Mr. Deere himself was physically assaulted this last, well, last year, a few months ago, and was badly roughed up because of trying to negotiate the, the land problems with the neighbors. Then they, they actually physically beat him up. But he carries on. Now, I had the privilege of meeting him, but most of the world will never know about Mr. Deere. I talked to you about him. But, but he is faithfully serving in that part of the world. And not too many people will know about Mr. Deere. But the Lord knows about Mr. Deere. And his story is repeated over and over again. We, you can find people like that serving the Lord in the lowest, darkest, dampest parts of the world sometimes, like my thumb pump. Yeah, it, it's just there faithfully serving out of his love for the Lord and for these, these students. He feels them so important. So the, it's interesting to note that, uh, that in this parable, the faithful servant, it seems to be given care of the other servants. <coughs> I think that's an important point too, that our faithful service often involves serving others. So our service for Jesus is often related to how we can help those in the body, those in the world, and it's an important part of, of faithful service. Now I look around me and, and, and I see a lot of faithful servants. I mean, children are being taught, the youth are being challenged, the building looks great, the gardens look good, finances are in order, people are being encouraged and cared for, the music is uplifting, the sound is working, you can hear me. I mean, there's just a lot, and I, I just obviously skipped over a bunch of you, but there are lots of stories about faithful service being lived out here among us. And that's encouraging. That's part of seeing life at work in, in as well as what we're watching for. And there are still yet many more opportunities if, if you find that this is challenging in some way to, to serve the Lord, to be that faithful servant. There's still opportunities for the children's work, for Bible studies, for youth work, for prayer ministries, teaching, for music, building and keeping the building maintained. Just be waited if you have anything like that. <laughs> no looking for them. But there's lots of potential places to be faithful in our service. There are also many ways that if you look around outside at the walls here in our community to, to care for people, the need is, for example, the Samaritan Inn, you can enjoy being with them, but also our, 
other community works and there's there's uh, people in need there are people who don't seem to have needs but are still in need and we can minister to them too are we being faithful in our homes caring for our spouse our children and their needs are we encouraging them are we faithful employees or employers and are we faithful in looking after even the earth that God has given us and how much can we serve in that way so the faithful servant is devoted uh, to the care of his fellow servants and aware that Jesus cares and aware that Jesus is present in their lives as they bring that care the last uh, part of this parable is dealing with the, the wicked servant but I put a, a bit of a positive spin on that to start with and I'm saying that the faithful servant declares his devotion to Jesus by their self-denial whereas the wicked servant, the unfaithful servant is a very self-centered person so I put a picture of uh, Egypt up here and Joseph and remember Joseph's story he was a young man sold into slavery, ended up in Egypt uh, as a slave. Probably he was uh, the sump pump of the Potiphar household for a while. He was in the lowest of the low, maybe cleaning out the latrines, whatever the lowest servants did. But, but through his faithful service and his devotion to his God, he, he became more and more uh, valuable to the master of his household. His master saw the worth of servant and, and put him under more and more responsibility just as Jesus predicted that the faithful servant would, would do and Joseph rose to the place where he was the, the, the steward of the whole household and he had control of the whole of this, this man's belongings but then an opportunity presented itself to him to take advantage of that position to enjoy that the pleasures of that position he was tempted by none less than the, the master's wife and she tried to seduce him and it would have been so easy and so human like to just give in to that That's, I deserve this you know like I've got this position I'm going to take care of myself my, what I want but being true to his God and to his principles Joseph declined, refused, fled from that, that temptation that landed him in trouble, as you know the story. He was falsely accused of attacking the woman and was thrown in jail. So that is the end of a story to a faithful servant. No, it's not the end of the story, is it? Because God still honored his faithfulness. And he, again, he rose to the ranks in prison. And then he, he eventually rose to the second highest command in the whole country. So that's an example of someone who denied themselves to be a faithful servant. How we act when no one is watching tells volumes about our character. In this parable, we see the actions of the so-called servants when they think the master isn't going to find out, right? When he's not here, but he doesn't know, it was this little party. And so they do. Their true self, their true uh, values are seen. They're self-centered. They don't care about the other servants. They start to beat and abuse the other servants. They serve themselves using their master's resources. 
so they just live me off of him. You know, it's not too difficult, unfortunately, to think of examples in the past or in the recent past of that sort of behavior, whether leaders, politicians. Unfortunately, a number of those examples that may come to mind are in, in church leaders. And Jesus has some pretty harsh words for people who pretend to be servants, but are not. He says they're going to face a grim reality of being excluded. They're going to be considered hypocrites, which they are. They are saying one thing and acting another way. And so their, their whole lives are going to end in a destructive, very... Uh, bad situation. And that's for those people who consistently be, be, pretend, act like servants, but aren't really. These are the wicked and foolish servants. But what about us? If we sometimes don't act like a faithful servant, is that the end of us, too? What if we forget about Jesus for something? What if we sort of say, I, I feel sorry for myself. Jesus doesn't matter. Uh, this Christian life takes up too much of my time. I'm going to take time for myself. It would be like my thumb pump saying, I'm tired of pumping. No one notices me anyway, so I'm just going to take it easy. Well, you would get noticed. <laughs> Some pump, but anyway. And you'd be thrown out, and we'd have to get a new one. But, uh, but those, those experiences aren't really the end for, for people who are actually repentant and, uh, uh, and taking advantage of the situation. Like this was picture earlier of the servants who are abusing the other servants. But if we say, you know, it's all about me, and we pursue our own desires, and we forget about Jesus, walking away from, you know, throwing down the cross, uh, indulging ourselves, and following our own ways, Jesus is still there waiting for us to repent of that and become faithful again. I was thinking about uh, Peter and how he denied the Lord he walked sort of away from Jesus, even though he said he wasn't going to do that. He did it anyway, but Jesus was there to meet him on the beach and to restore him uh, when Peter confessed his love and, and devotion for the Lord again. So when we get off track, and I think we all do at times, I'm sure we all do at times, I know I do, Jesus is there waiting. So he, he, he wants us to return to faithfulness, even though there are moments when we don't. Uh, so the end of those who, who never um, seek his ways, who never acknowledge him as master, who just pretend to be his servants, those people end in a bad way. When we get off track and we forget about our service of the Lord for a while, some of the things that we do will end not so good either. They'll be pretty empty probably. But when we get back on track, though, Jesus is still there waiting for us to become faithful and wise servants again. And we can again experience life in him unless we watch for his work in our lives.
So we declare our devotion to Jesus when we live our life for him, in the, in the light, in the reality of his presence. Being a faithful servant of Jesus is a declaration of devotion to him. We remain alert and experience his life in ours. We work to see his purposes accomplished, his kingdom come, and the other servants cared for. We follow him on the path of sacrifice, leaving behind our selfish desires. So may we faithfully live for Jesus, knowing that he is present with us, and also in the expectation of seeing him face to face. So we ask the uh, music team to come back up, and we'll sing that... Uh, don't think very often in our hymn books, but living for Jesus. Living for Jesus, a life that is true, striving to please him in all that I do. Yielding allegiance, glad-hearted and free, this is the pathway of blessing for me. As we've been singing that prayer, just to remind you of what you just sang, living for Jesus wherever I am, doing each deep duty in his holy name, willing to suffer affliction or loss, deeming each trial part of my cross, living for Jesus through earth's little while, my dearest treasure, the light of his smile, seeking the lost ones he died to redeem, bringing the weary to find rest in him. And then our prayer, O Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to thee. For thou, in thy atonement, didst give thyself for me. I own no other master. My heart shall be thy throne. My life I give henceforth to live, O Christ, for thee alone. Amen. <coughs>